Oh my goodness. Starting off with giggles. Uh. I love it. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fit Literate Podcast. I'm Carolyn, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Laura. And uh, I am so excited to be recording again. I'm so relieved that it's the second one. I know the first, first one, there was the so worst. much pressure. <laughs> this one feels so much more laid back. But um, before we like talk about anything related to the topic today, um, I first just want to say thank you so much to everyone who already listened to the first episode and like gave us reviews. Um, so much positive feedback. We were so excited to hear that everybody was liking it so much. So thank you for listening. Um, and thank you for coming back for another one. And if you it want really to support the show, yes, it means so much. And if you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. Um, so obviously, there's like the one little ad at the beginning of this episode, but we don't like to put ads like throughout because we don't want to interrupt your listening experience. So if you want to uh, give us a little bit of money to help support the show, you can join <laughs> our Patreon at patreon.com slash fit literate pod um you can choose uh there's like three different tiers they're all pretty cheap and they all have the same um benefits right now except if you want to sign up for ten dollars be one of our big donors supporters uh we'll shout out your name on every episode that's what i decided we're gonna do big spender i like it i like it So we also have a little update for you on last week's topic. If you did listen to the That Girl episode, uh, Carolyn's mom, Julia, actually sent us a follow-up email with some context that we missed, which I think, Carolyn, you did mention this to me that you found it in your research, but we just kind of skipped over it. Yeah, kind of glossed over it and didn't mention these these specific things, (laughs) which I wish we had, and I'm glad we are now. Maybe we can like watch it and do a do a a reboot episode or something. But in the sixties, there was a sitcom with Marlo Thomas that was called That Girl. Um, and I mean, all I've seen of it is the main theme, which is like this very cute little song where they're like, "Railroads, chestnuts, that girl," <laughs> and she's running through Manhattan in like a Madeline costume, waving an American flag, like window shopping and like playing in the park. And it's so it's it's just perfect. It's so like campy and corny and cute, but the whole thing is like she's just like a. She's just a, a, it's it's a very manic pixie dream girl. And then at the end, they're like, and she could be that girl for you if you fall in love with her. <laughs> and then <laughs> Carolyn's mom also sent us the theme to the Mary Tyler Moore show, which I feel like is a very similar, um, similar kind of intersection vibe. of like American half liberated female culture. And then <laughs> um, what was the other thing? There was. So the last one, yes, it's this perfume (laughs) ad. And so this is my favorite because I like talked to my mom after the episode and she said that um, she was like describing the like general kind of topic of the episode to my dad. And he immediately started singing the song from this advertisement. (laughs) And uh, so 
it you may be familiar so the uh, like the commercial is originally from 1979 it's a perfume ad and the whole concept of the ad is that this perfume is for the 24 hour woman which if that doesn't <laughs> sound like that girl i don't know what does and the ad is just amazing we we will put links to all these videos on the patreon but just for a quick description of this one it's these three very fashionable ladies with like uh, all slightly different hairstyles and outfits, but we've got some shoulder pads. We've got some like teased up hair and they are just like, like Wonderful. dancing around and, and like shimmying their shoulders and holding the perfume bottle and singing about how like this scent like perfectly encapsulates the 24 hour woman. Um, and like, it is just, and it's, it's to, so it's, perfect. I'm a woman, right? By yes. Peggy Lee. They're singing. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm a woman. And it's, oh my God. Perfume ads just crack me up in general because how are you selling a scent via. It is a weird thing to, yeah, to market in like a visual medium. So it makes sense that they get a little bit goofy. But Which, I. To bring this around, like that is very much the that girl trend because they're really just selling a vibe. You yeah, have no idea sure. what it smells like. It's but only so, vibe duration. To go back to the that girl list, if you'll remember, I think number four or five on the list was pick your signature scent. And um, shut up, you're right. So <laughs> it seems like the Anjoli perfume of 1979 may be the ultimate signature scent of that girl. So I don't know if they still make it and you are still looking for your signature scent. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> I'm going to get on eBay and see if I can hunt this down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want it. I'm obsessed. It. But anyway, yeah. So shout out to my mom for um, just really enriching us with uh, these historical pieces of media. Um, very she grateful. Made me smile so big. Um, and yeah, so I, to that end, if you listen to an episode and it reminds you of something that you think we just need to see or read or watch, like we have an email address, uh, Carolyn V and Laura G at gmail.com. And like, we, we want these things. <laughs> we want you to send us please, things please that uh, our episodes remind you of because, oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> We love mail. Also, if you're wondering, Anjoli by Revlon is available at Walmart for $15.99 to this day. So, Oh my gosh, so affordable. Well, I may be picking up a bottle because, I mean, (laughs) I don't have my signature scent yet, so... (laughs) Well, anyway, I am super excited about this episode. Me too. I think this is like the exact opposite vibe of our first episode, so I'm... Very excited to dive into it. If there is a, if, if that girl is our heroine, Andy Frizzella is her arch nemesis. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk. So, um, we are talking this week. You probably already know this because you can probably read. Um, but we're talking about the 75 hard this week, which honestly was a bit of a mystery until we started researching for this episode. So Carolyn, will you tell us about what the heck is the 75 hard? I would love to. So (laughs) going into this episode, I did know a little bit about it because I actually first heard about the 75 hard challenge. Um, I want to say all the way back in 2020. I mean, maybe it was the very beginning of 2021, but 
Uh, it was like an acquaintance of mine who I ran into while going for a walk um, in my old neighborhood. And we were just like chatting for a couple minutes and, you know, updating. And as a personal trainer, people love to tell me like when they start a new workout plan or like class or join mm-hmm. a gym or whatever. And he had just started the 75 hard challenge. So that is when I first heard about it. But I never really did a deep dive into exactly what it was until researching for this. Okay, so the 75 hard mental toughness challenge um, has five rules to follow and you must follow all of these every single day with no exceptions. And if you miss a rule for 75 days, yeah, for 75 days, that's where the name comes from. And if you miss a rule one day, you lose and you must start back at the very beginning. Um, So the five rules are one, follow a diet. It does not specify one, just a diet Two, work out twice a day for 45 minutes. And one of those workouts must be outdoors. Three, drink a gallon of water a day. Uh, four, read 10 pages a day. And some um, things I saw online said that it has to be like nonfiction, but basically read 10 pages a day. And the last one is take a progress picture every day. Now, I'm sure we'll get into this. I don't know what a progress photo of your body has to do with mental toughness. But um, again, We'll go into our opinions on all of these things, but those are the five rules of the 75 hard challenge. So um, I feel like there's smoke coming out of my ears. I am holding back so much right now because I want to make sure you get to say your (laughs) part. Oh my God. Blood pressure (laughs) through the roof. Um, If you are familiar with either of our kind of like philosophies on fitness, you can probably already guess some of the issues that we have with this challenge but again we're gonna we're gonna go into a nuanced take on um our opinions on everything um but I am going to now do a little bit of a deep dive into like what the 75 hard challenge looks like on social media because in this day and age social media is one of the if not the primary um method for like communicating fitness and wellness messaging. I think most people get the majority of their knowledge and opinions and um, like inspiration and motivation about health and fitness and wellness from social media websites and apps. So um, I'm going to do a little Mm -hmm. deep dive into that and then I'll pass it on to Laura to do a deep dive into some other stuff that I'm not really sure what she prepared, (laughs) but we will see. (laughs) I would also argue from like an anthropological standpoint that social media is going to be our primary, primary source going forward. So I think it's as legitimate a source as anything because fitness culture is like a huge game of telephone, especially online. So 100%. I think it's really good to take a temp for how people are interpreting whatever it is we're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. So the um, obviously there's a lot of different social media platforms. There's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, you know, all, all kinds of them. Those are the ones I'll be talking about today. Um, and the what I found is that content 
on the 75 Hard Challenge seems to be the most popular on TikTok. That seems to be the platform where there's the greatest volume of um, content about this challenge. So Mm. um, what I saw is that like cumulatively, (laughs) I have so much trouble saying that word, cumulatively, (laughs) um, all of the videos on TikTok about the 75 Hard Challenge have over... 800 million views so like a lot of people are seeing this stuff um and it comes in a lot of different forms it sort of depends on who's posting it but I saw a lot of um like kind of vlog style things like day one of the 75 hard challenge day 16 of the 75 hard challenge and a lot of it especially when it's coming from um female content creators looks very similar to that girl content because it's showing them you know what they're eating what their workouts look like um and it's very like aesthetic and beautiful with with like inspirational music in the background um so there's a lot of that Mm. um the men posting it is very similar but obviously with a more kind of traditionally masculine take so it think more the rock it's about drive it's about power um type beat um (laughs) sometimes it'll have in the background instead of music like a motivational speech being like you gotta commit to it you gotta put your mind to it and never give up and um you gotta be a lion And over like a montage of images uh, of the people doing their daily 75 hard mental toughness tasks. Um, A lot of the content on TikTok is um, people talking about their results, which never have to do with anything mental toughness related. I the results um, TikToks that I have seen almost exclusively talk about weight loss and changes that people see in their physical bodies. Um, And it's when I think about like what, like how you would demonstrate the results of mental toughness. I have like a, a, a mental image of someone like slamming their head into a brick wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think (laughs) I feel like really suits. I think ultimately the mental toughness aspect is just the fact that you're doing something that's physically really hard and feels awful and requires a lot of willpower in order to push through it, which like, yeah, I guess that is mental toughness. And um, I think it's just debatable whether or not that is something that is, worth pursuing and we will talk about that later in the episode but um yeah on tiktok it's a lot of like results focused videos showing like before and after um the most popular videos are ones of people on day one and uh videos of people on day 75 so there's a lot of like right at the beginning people feeling fresh and excited and then a lot of people like celebrating when they finally finish um not like the in-between content seems to not be as popular those videos don't show up as early on the search results and I think that you know says something about maybe the monotony of what it feels like to participate in the challenge um but yeah and and I also like to point out from a very like cynical content perspective that one of the biggest pieces of like TikTok content creation advice is everyone's like start a series so people can follow along with your series Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's why this is prolific 
proliferated so heavily on TikTok is because they're like, well, I'm doing something for 75 days, which means I can make a TikTok about it for 75 days. Yeah. And then people are going to tune in to see all my 75 days. Exactly. One thing I thought was funny, though, is that one of the like very top posts, like it might be like the second or third um, video that comes up when you search it, is a very that girl style video of like day one doing the 75 hard challenge from this very like beautiful young blonde Australian woman and I went to her page and she has not posted again about the 75 hard (laughs) so (laughs) at the beginning of January she did her day one post and then literally has not made another post about it at all or maybe she did and then deleted the other ones but kept the day one because it went viral and has like millions of likes or hundreds of thousands of likes but is this the starting 2022 off right uh, possibly the, the thumbnail is her like in her minimalistic bed, um, kind of yep. like doing yep. her like wake up stretch. But yeah, so I just thought that was funny too, that it's kind of like, Carolyn, you can't make this up. I'm so sorry to keep interrupting you. The first comment says blank. Her name is really in quotes that girl. Yes. Oh my gosh. You cannot make this shit up. <laughs> So yeah, the crossover of the century, Um, like clearly this challenge comes from a similar mental place as like that girl content. Um, But yeah, so that that's TikTok. It's mostly kind of a younger crowd, like a lot of people who look like they are in college or like up to their kind of like mid 20s. I wasn't seeing a lot of um, like people older than that at least making popular content, um, you know, content that's getting a lot of views and shows up early on the search on TikTok. That is a little bit different on Instagram, though. It, it seems to be less of a popular thing on Instagram. And also the target audience seems to skew a little bit higher. Um, it's a lot less vlog style content and a lot more of like what you would maybe like it's less for entertainment of the viewer and seems to be more for accountability of the poster that it's a lot of people who Mm. um, are not influencers do not have big followings and like they maybe dedicate their entire page to just posting their progress photos and pictures of their food um, or even just like Every single day, they just post a calendar image where it's marked off which day that they're on. And then in the caption is just a little description. Um, And it seems to be a lot more like of a personal accountability and like diary almost than it is making content that is meant for entertainment and consumption. Um, And then the like second most popular type of page on Instagram that posts uh, 75 hard content is like motivation pages so someone who just posts a lot of like memes and text posts uh that are very like fitspo um like keep trying keep going yeah (laughs) those kinds of things but a lot of it's specific to the 75 hard and the like general like tough gritty energy that um kind of surrounds this whole challenge um so Mm. yeah they're they almost feel like fan pages a a little bit because they'll often also post like clips or quotes of the guy who created the challenge who we will get into um and there are some (laughs) reels that kind of mimic the tiktok content but it's far less popular than it is on tiktok 
Um, on Facebook, it's a lot of like accountability groups, like private groups that you can join um, to be a part of a community of people who are all participating in the challenge. I did not infiltrate any of these groups, so I don't know exactly what the posts look like. You didn't do any recon for us, Caroline? I, I thought about <laughs> it, but honestly, I just, I just... To be honest with you, I don't even think about Facebook as social media anymore uh, right like Facebook is like LinkedIn <laughs> and so I I can imagine that the um, demographic on there skews even higher um, like where on Instagram it seemed to be a lot of people in their like 20s and 30s like I would imagine on Facebook just based on the demographic that tends to use it the most it's probably you know um, a little bit older than um, than that um, and but some of these Facebook groups are pretty popular like the biggest one that I saw had 21,000 members in it. So there it's not, you know, small groups oh, wow. of like intimate groups of friends. And this is just their online meeting place. Like these are large online gathering places of people who are all um, participating in or interested in participating in this challenge. Um, and then it's on YouTube. It's not an insignificant sample size. Like, yeah, you, you could get a, a poll of <laughs> how it's going for all of them. Yeah, and I think maybe what you find on Reddit is probably pretty similar. So I'll talk about that next because it also, because of the forum, like, style of Reddit as a website, um, it ends up lending itself well to this same kind of, like, accountability group, um, like, community mm. type of platform. Um, and the the, like, 75 hard subreddit has 18,000 um, users in it um, and a lot of the content is similar to stuff that shows up on other platforms there's progress photos there's posts like meant to motivate others there's posts asking for like motivation and accountability there's people um, like asking for advice there's people giving like how to uh, kind of advice um, and there's a lot of like sharing personal stories and anecdotes. Um, and what I found on the Reddit that I saw there more than anywhere else is that there is a lot more content about the side effects. <laughs> People posting about negative experiences, asking questions about how do I deal with this? I'm on day whatever and I'm experiencing headaches. I feel awful from all the water I'm drinking. Uh, my energy is crashing. I'm craving sweets. I'm not seeing any weight loss. I'm frustrated because it's hard to eat out at restaurants. These are all examples of like actual posts that I saw just scrolling through. And I was only on the Reddit for maybe 20 minutes tops. And I saw all of those things within that 20 minutes. So on TikTok, everyone's posting a lot more like positive stuff. It's more of that like when you think of social media, like the highlight reel, um, it, you you see some content of people being more vulnerable, vulnerable about the things that they find challenging, about the times where they, you know, maybe fail to meet all the requirements one day and have to start over. But um, the majority of the content is more positive and focusing on like the positive experiences so it was interesting to go on reddit and see kind of a more even distribution of like the positive and the negative it seems like people on these more forum based platforms are being more honest because it's more for their own personal support than again for entertainment uh for other people you know what i mean um and so then the 
go figure. People will tell you what's actually up when they're fake. Yeah, exactly. It. It's less about creating content from that, like, yeah, like personal brand perspective and more like, I am reaching out to people who are doing the same thing as me, like in a seeking community type of way. And I imagine that's what the Facebook groups are kind of like too. Mm. Um, so the last platform I want to talk about is YouTube. because um, And I thought this was interesting just because YouTube allows for more um, like long form content. Um, and so there you're seeing more like longer vlogs that aren't just like snapshots, but more people going into more in-depth explanations of everything that they're doing, more in-depth explanations on the um, kind of more like emotional side of it and how it's making them feel not just like this is what my smoothie bowl looked like here's a little like three second clip of me going for a walk but talking about like the ingredients in the smoothie and how I'm feeling on my walk today compared to yesterday kind of getting into more nuance there um there's a lot of like review and recap videos of people who completed the challenge maybe didn't document it every step of the way but now that they've gotten to the end they do like a review of their whole process um and then of course we've got Anthony Frazella's the creator of the challenge his podcast Andy, Andy. why did I say Anthony I literally have Anthony in all of my notes <laughs> don't know what that's about um <laughs> I was like did I read that wrong no I just thought his name was Anthony Andy Frazella um he has a very popular podcast, apparently. I haven't listened to any of it. Um, but his podcast is very popular on YouTube. I, I know you did the dirty work this time. Um, <sighs> and so there's a lot of like fan compilation videos of like taking clips from his podcast that are pretty popular. Um and uh and yeah the podcast itself where um I'm sure he talks about the challenge quite frequently and then this isn't really relevant but I did think it was interesting that on YouTube um there is a couple who is doing a raw vegan version of the 75 hard <laughs> so if you just wanted oh to make God. it 75 harder only eat raw fruits and vegetables while you're doing all of this <laughs> If you're interested in the 75 miserable, how he got the challenge for you. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I have some other notes on kind of like how I personally feel about the challenge, but I think we'll get to that at the end. So now that we're talking about Andy slash Anthony slash his name is Andy. <laughs> um, what if we just gaslight him the whole, we'll just call, I bet he'll listen to this and we can just call him Anthony the whole time and it'll drive him that nuts. That is so funny. Yeah, honestly, that would do it. It seems like it would take, you know, uh, I assume this man has very bad road rage. Like, it would not take a lot for him to pop off on you, it seems like. Oh, um, boy. All right. Yes. So, so Laura, now that, now that the listeners know kind of what the 75 hard is and what it looks like online, like what people are posting about when they are doing this challenge, um, what what did you research? What do, what do you want to talk to us about? Yeah, let's talk about it. So all of my, everything I'm going to share with you, which might be a little scattered because Sorry. I, okay, uh, technical difficulties, mic down. I'm um, throwing my mic across the room. <laughs> that was just like the most aggressive mic drop of all time. Just whack it at the wall. Yeah. Um, oh God. Where to begin on Andy Frazella? All of this 
quote unquote research that I did is directly from his website, um, which is a rich text. I gotta say, I I'm sorry, just the absolute <laughs> brain rot you must have experienced <laughs> listening to this man talk for hours. I'm sure not all of his oh. ideas are bad, but just like looking at the general vibe of him, like he feels like the kind of person who has like five total things to say and finds <laughs> 500 different ways oh, to say them. But this man and can talk and talk and talk and talk. There is not a page on his website that is not like at least 10 single space pages long. Like this man Ooh. is writing like have you ever gone online to look up a recipe and you know the whole recipe is like well when I went yes. to Thailand for the summer and then I had the most incredible experience of this this is and you have to just keep scrolling and you're like when are you going to tell me what the recipe is that's what re- I just want to make peanut sauce yes that is what reading Andy Frisella talking about himself is like um he's like a okay. mix between like the worst hockey coach at your high school who you wouldn't have wanted to be alone in a room with plus David Blaine plus like he's he I this is definitely worth a google if you have the um mental toughness to approach this material and not be completely listening to his podcast is a mental toughness challenge truly is and I gotta say I really, really tried to go into this as neutral as possible. I was like, sure. maybe I will be surprised by what I find. I had never heard of this man before. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm practicing being more open and engaging with more media that I don't uh, agree 100% with as maybe a practice for my own mental mm-hmm. toughness as a, you know, let's see what people have to say. And that lasted for about six minutes um, before I was like, fuck this dude. This is terrible. Um, but we'll get into it. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we'll start. I think we'll start with his podcast slash YouTube channel and sort of go in from there. Let's see kind of what he presents to the world first. Um So I'm looking at the YouTube page for the Real AF podcast with Andy Frizzella. I need you to picture that all the... Real as fuck. Real as fuck. Um, (laughs) I need you to picture that all the branding is like black, white, gray, and blood red. And it's also like sort of Ed Hardy-esque. It's a bunch of like spades and clubs and like skulls, like very tattoo ish if that makes sense um which fine yeah honestly it it's like yeah it's like ed hardy tattoo style artwork mixed with like the like martial arts aesthetic which i i mean i did martial arts like growing up i I have like an intimate understanding of that world but yeah i have my black belt did you know know that that? (laughs) Oh my God, Carolyn. That was, my, me up? that was my whole life between the ages of 11 and 18. I could beat anyone up. <laughs> Anthony Frazella, come on the pod. I'll beat you I up. I figured it out. Anthony, I called him Anthony again. <laughs> Damn it, Carolyn. At least we can't get sued for like. I'm not going to be able to call him Andy. <laughs> we um, can't get sued. But if yeah, we just the, call the whole him like Anthony. black. 
I figured it out. <laughs> We're okay. Not even talking about if it. if um, he had like a remember that meme that was going around or that like challenge that was like who are your like three characters your three cartoon characters? Oh His yeah. Are Gary V. Um. David Blaine, like I said, and Rex Quando from Napoleon Dynamite. That is what this man is made up of. Yes. Um, yes. So the banner for his YouTube page says, again, Real AF, linking back to his website. And it has a picture of Andy in black and white with a piece of bright red masking tape over his mouth that just says society on it. <laughs> this man is so censored. You don't even know. Written in shirt. He's so censored. That's why he has a YouTube and a podcast. And he's staring into the camera like he's about to bite you with his teeth. And he's how many um, subscribers does he have on YouTube? A hundred and fifty seven thousand. I believe, though, that this is one of those situations where he's just doing a visual recording of his podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So let me actually see if I can pull up on Spotify and see if I can see how many subscribers he has there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say, but I will say, this is something I've learned to look for, is that he has 3,400 ratings with a okay. 4.9 star average rating for a podcast that we know probably has at least... 150,000 listeners because I would guarantee more people listen to the podcast and subscribe to YouTube. Mm-hmm. That smacks of deleting reviews. Yeah, potentially. star average, only 3,000 ratings. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I don't want to get like too conspiracy theory, but. Yeah, um, I think that's possible. I also think it's possible that he just has a very niche following. Like I had never heard of him until we started researching for this, even like being in like the fitness space. So I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. if it's just that the people who know about him know about him because they already are in the world where they would enjoy his content. And he doesn't have a lot of like, he doesn't have a big like mainstream, um, I want you to stick a pin in that, Carolyn. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Um, Maybe I just have never heard of him before. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) I think that's a completely valid thing to be like, the people who are listening to this are seeking it out. They already like him. They've drunk the Kool-Aid or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, let's speed through this because I have (laughs) a lot to say. A lot, yeah. So um, I will say the first video I listened to is just like a very – a very sort of um, basic one. And he said, like, you know, if you're doing the 75 hard to lose weight, there are easier ways to do it. Like, he's very straightforward about this is not for everyone. It's really, quote unquote, not about weight loss. Um, some things like that where you're kind of like, oh, maybe this guy is level headed and open to nuance or uh, discussion at all. Yeah. That, um, I mean, that sounds honest, at least. Yeah. I think I'm just going to read you some more um, quotes from him. And I actually have a clip to play as well. Um, okay. Warning that these are both um, profane and incredibly offensive. <laughs> okay. So first so. he says, <laughs> yeah, listener yeah. warning. The reason most people don't get anywhere in life 
It has nothing to do with oppression. It has nothing to do with all of the fucking shit the media tells us. I'm tired of arguing with the fat fucking corn dog eating sloppy motherfuckers. He says about the 75 hard, this is for elite people. That's one of his favorite phrases. Um, and <laughs> it's interesting because on his website, there are so many reviews about the 75 hard and none of them have a single negative thing to say. They're all five mm. stars. They're all, oh my gosh, Andy has changed my life. This is incredible. They're all accompanied by progress pictures, which is interesting for a challenge that he says has nothing to do with weight loss. Um, because after he writes his dissertation about why you should do the 75 hard, why you should live your life exactly like him, um, he he punctuates it with a picture of his own weight loss, um, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Again, While also using a, extremely fat phobic language to like get you excited about the challenge itself. Yeah. You're either an elite person or you're a fat fucking loser as he calls people. Like there's Oof. this man for someone who uh, has built his branding on black and white images, like that tells you all you need to know. Very black and white for him. How old is he? I'm going to say f either like a rugged 40 or like, let's see. I wonder if I could just get that information on Wikipedia. Hold on. Probably. Probably, definitely. Um, does he not have a Wikipedia page? Hold on. Is he completely off the grid except for all of his own media that he puts out? Um, yeah, it's set. Oh, my God. Sorry. I just stumbled upon another subreddit that says, who is Andy Frizzella? No Wikipedia entry. It's very, very. Oh. Im <laughs> and they're saying that he must have had it deleted because he has no education. <laughs> or qualifications holy cow this is what I'm talking about where like every single thing I looked into at all was just like wormhole upon wormhole of um what's it called but I got I got derailed quite a bit Andy Frizzella is a the Andy Frizzella verse is rich and complex and it's like this man puts out more content than Marvel. Like it's wild. Wow. Um, so uh, I have a little. Oh, the interesting part. There are no bad reviews on the website. None. Only five yeah. star reviews. Only talking about how Andy Frizzella has fixed their brain, changed their life. That's one of his favorite things to say is fix your brain, um, which is interesting. Um Another quote from him before I let you hear it in his own words. So apologies. Uh, hi, I hope your kids aren't listening to this, dear listener. Um, the podcast is marked fault, as explicit. So good. Great. Great. Well, there we go. Um, it's your fucking fault, motherfucker. The whole reason your life sucks is your fault. That's his main uh, thesis, it seems. Okay. So anyways, okay. there are all these positive reviews on the website. Only positive reviews. But all he can talk about is how people fail the challenge. So there's something that's not aligning there for me. That he talks about that only the elite people will get through this. Only the elite people are able to even do this. Most people will fail because they're not elite people like he is. But then he's only sharing... 
like of course he's sharing success stories but even in forums that are intended to be like here's what people have to say there is no he has to be deleting bad comments bad Mm. reviews things like that there's no I don't see how there would be another alternative um wow so let's see what else oh he said that the main he's goes on a rant on this podcast the topic of the podcast was what's the I think this was someone else interviewing him so it wasn't necessarily for his channel but it was reposted um they asked what's the biggest mistake you see people making with the 75 hard what's the thing that makes most people Mm -hmm. fail what's the biggest hang up right like asking this man for a little bit of um advice um Instead of answering that question, which I feel like could be useful if you're saying that this program is life-changing and worthwhile, um, you know, you'd think there would be like one element of troubleshooting, like one piece of advice you could offer. Mm -hmm. Instead, he goes on a rant about how insulting it is when people reach out to him and say, we're the same. So he sells this program based off, I don't even know if I should quote him right here, Let's see. On his bio page of his website, he says, um, I want you to know what they called me as a kid. Fat, lazy, stupid. Like, just that kind of stuff. He, I don't want to armchair diagnose him, but this seems like this man has horrible self-esteem. Like, it seems like Mm -hmm. he really has no um, compassion for himself, no uh, infrastructure for, like, making mistakes and growing it's only do this because you're not weak so mm-hmm. we can put a pin in that and come back to it but he talks about how insulting it is when people reach out to him and say that his story resonates with them this story that he's selling this program off of which you would think you would want people to see themselves in right you like only kind of tell a personal anecdote as a part of your marketing if you think it will be relatable so that people relate to it so that they want to do the thing that you are selling yep. or promoting. Because it's-, it's not like you have to pay to do the 75 hard challenge, but like he gets his money th- mostly through like ad content, right? Or like ad revenue on his content. Nope. We're going to get into that in a second. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. I, w- I will truly just let like- you know. No, 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 no. This was like the black and white rainbow to like the shit pot of gold. Like there, this is a deep hole, Carolyn. Um, oh my God. But yeah, he's insulted by people who reach out to him and say they resonate with his story because he's like, well, we're, we could not be more different because I did this and you didn't. And then I'm like, but then who are you different. trying to help? What are you, ta- what are you talking about? Um, yeah, I think that's... It's like he's saying like, I am uniquely tortured and I am also uniquely strong in my ability to overcome. Yeah. And on the website, there's all this lingo. Oh, gosh. And now <laughs> there's so much more to get into here. But there's all this lingo about how, like, the importance of how important it is to, like, be a team. But he's also incredibly individualistic where, like, he – I it's, it's all very confusing. Um I recorded this minute-long clip that I'd love to play for you like a week ago, so I don't remember exactly uh, what context this is in. Um, but I would love for us to hear him say it in his own words. It's your fucking fault, motherfucker. 
The whole reason your life sucks is it's your fault. The reason you're fucking fat is it's your fault. Nobody made you fucking fat. You made yourself fat over the last fucking 10 years of sneaking all the shit in your fucking mouth that you think uh, you got by with because no one else saw you do it. Bro, listen, I don't want fucking pussies. That's what it comes down to. I want people in my network that are fucking going to do the shit right, that are committed to actual development of bulletproof fucking mental skills, and I want those people. The rest of y'all can get fucked. I'm serious. I'm tired of dealing with those people. I'm fucking tired of it. It brings nothing into my life but negativity. Y'all have been coddled so much to such a degree that there's no fucking hope for you. And I am certainly not the fucking answer for you. Okay? Now, maybe I probably am. But you're never going to get it. So just leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. I watched okay, you say my, that with, like, my jaw in my lap. <laughs> yeah, my brow could not be more furrowed, and my nostrils have flared more than I can Im- <laughs> Like, the faces I was making while that was happening, I... No. What? Watching you react to that was a true joy, and I'm so happy that I saved that because I wanted to FaceTime you so badly when I was watching that. So I'd be like, "Listen to this man! It's horrendous. First of all, horribly fat phobic, horribly bigoted. Also, Obviously. like just a, a just mean. I feel like have you met like another human before? Like this isn't what people are like. Like, well, I don't. I just don't understand because if you if your business is built on wanting to help people but you're insulted that in your people eyes want your people help. need help I'm it doesn't make sense make it make sense make it make sense yeah it, it really seems like again you know we're just we're gonna psychoanalyze this man with no credentials um it yeah. it, oh, it yeah. seems like he has like a lot of like cognitive dissonance about what he actually believes um and then he is like projecting a lot of his own insecurities and stuff onto other people so it's like he's acknowledging that like there are people who are struggling and need help but he also is so fearful of like acknowledging that struggle can happen it's almost like he's he's afraid that if he acknowledges that people around him are struggling it will like rub off on him and he like will no longer be this like perfect like strong alpha male type so he's it's like he only wants people who like already have it figured out in his sphere yet he's trying to sell a solution to people who need help and he recognizes that but he doesn't want any sort of interaction with or even to have to acknowledge the issues of the people that he's trying to sell stuff to Correct. He wants you to complete this horrible program so that you can like earn the right to be in his presence, which is cult tactics. But if you've ever had struggles that require you to do these things, he already thinks of you as like weak and bad and like and no, you are not like him. (laughs) Which Carolyn, I would argue that by his own logic, having talked about how he struggled with this, he is weak and bad. And I think that's the key into his mindset. Yeah, I think that's the projection on so hard to this. Like, okay, maybe he completed the 75 hard and it changed his life. But we what we know about willpower and burnout, like, how does he continue to stick to this mindset? How does he do the 75 hard? I think he does it every year. Like, how does he keep 
promoting this. And I think that's the key. And that's the piece that's missing in a lot of like fitness-based quasi-solutions is that once people are selling you a success story, the thing that is motivating them is their success story. It is the money and the fame and the the notoriety. It is not personal development, health, whatever it is that they're using to sell it to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would say like, you know, we both have thin privilege. Like this isn't something I can speak to personal experience from, but a lot of like fat activists that I follow talk a lot about how the, some of the most fat phobic people are formerly fat people Mm -hmm. who feel like they pulled themselves out of that quote unquote, like they like bootstraps themselves into not being fat anymore and how abusive and small minded they can be. Um, Yeah. And I feel like this is a really kind of poster child example of that. Yeah. Cause I Um, mean, it sounds like based on what the assumptions that he was making about fat people and like the reasons why they are fat, it sounds like, he has likely dealt with a lot of um, like mental health issues, disordered eating potentially, like maybe binge eating. Like this sounds like a yeah. guy who has probably been through a lot and has not actually healed from and processed his possible trauma or insecurities. He has just found like a like a willpower grit, like muscle through it way to make himself feel like he is more powerful than his issues. And but the oh, issues yeah. are still there underneath it all. And it like is so transparent in the way that he talks. I have the perfect challenge. I have the Andy Frizzella go to therapy for 75 days challenge. I think that was, (laughs) I think that would be a great test of mental toughness. I would love to see that happen. Literally. It takes a lot of mental toughness to do therapy. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think also on a lighter note, well, kind of lighter, also maybe kind of depressing. I might be, (laughs) I might be selling myself out here a little bit. Um, But this all is very, like, uh, fuckboy pickup artist style. Yeah. Like, if you Google what is the 75 hard and you get his landing page for 75 hard, he's talking about, you do not have to put your credit card information in here. Like, I've been where you've been. You, this is not a normal challenge. You are capable of changing your life. It starts from the inside. I felt like I was nothing. I had no plan. I had let myself go. I'm not the only one going through this. There are so many people who have these struggles, blah, blah, blah. Like there is sort of an element of friendliness. Like he kind of Mm -hmm. lures you in. Drawing you in. And then the second you start listening to him talk, he's doing that thing that pick artists call negging yeah yeah um it's like build you up and break you down but break you down twice as hard so now you're like oh I'm just this special kind of person that's twice as bad and I can't handle this so like yes Mr. Andy what would you like me to do do you did you watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia (laughs) is he just Dennis Dennis. systeming everybody (laughs) Oh my God. Can I give you a sidebar from my life and tell you that um, the first date that I ever went on with my partner, we went back to his apartment to watch 
Uh, do you remember? I know. Scandalous. I, I thought um, you were going to say like a bad date with that you went on with someone who was clearly Dennis systeming you. And then you said your partner. I'm like, it. oh, OK, Grady would never do that. Grady would never <laughs> yeah, do that. This, What's the Grady system? This has a happy uh, ending because it's Grady. Um, <laughs> grateful Grady gestures. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Gratitude. Respect. Um, Affection. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, right. Um, deliberate communication and you rock. Yes, <laughs> the Grady system. No, but I promise I'll keep this short, and I promise it has a happy ending because it's Grady. But um, it, we went back to his apartment to watch. Do you remember like the Jabberwocky? Was that like Netflix thing? It was like that period of time. It was like what? the choose your own adventure Netflix thing. Oh, was it not called Jabberwocky? Am I making that up? I don't you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. The Black <sighs> Mirror thing. Yeah. It was like a Black yes, Mirror movie. Yes. The Black yes, Mirror thing. yes. We've been talking about I was that. thinking we about like, well, the uh, like a- the dance crew, the Jabberwockies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He actually, we went back to his apartment. He introduced me to the Jabberwockies. <laughs> they were all they were made for me. Um, no, but we like, we were going to sit in his living room and watch the Jabberwocky, because we were like, oh, that'll be like a good, you know, post-date activity. Like, sure. let's go somewhere we can talk, whatever. Um, and then the Netflix wouldn't connect to the living room TV. And he was like, well, I have like a TV in my bedroom if you feel okay with that. Like, ne- Netflix will connect there. Um, and then we talked about... <laughs> um, but then we talked about later. He was like, "I accidentally dentist you." Yeah, because that's exactly that, what he that does. That is the like, exact There's move. There's a TV in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. So like, not every dentist. We go to is this restaurant. Thing. I know it's closed. Let's just get a pizza and we'll <laughs> eat it at my place. I I have seen every episode of Always Sunny so many times. <laughs> oh my god! This is um, all of everything Andy Frizzella says. I wish we just had a clip of him going like. It's the implication. (laughs) It's just about the implications. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would not want to be on a boat with (laughs) Mr. Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is going off the rails. It's cracking me up. I am reeling this back (laughs) in. Carolyn, we do not have the mental toughness to get through this episode. I am sitting here free associating. I'm going to mute myself (laughs) and let you talk. Oh, my God. Um, Okay, let me get through, like, the rest of who is Andy Frizzella, although I feel like, honestly, this could be four hours of content. Um. So uh, let's talk about some of the other videos on his YouTube channel other than that one, which seemed like a good point of entry. He covers topics such as, and these are titles, by the way. So this is direct, direct quoting. This is not anything alleged. Um, Four ways to dominate your bitch voice. Um, Embrace the pain. America, colon, what the fuck is going on? Well, I ask myself that every day. Sure, but not in the way he means it. Um, winning is more fun than fun is fun. Huh. Let's unpack that. Um, and what happens after you die? So he's really like... <laughs> he really covers all the bases. Yeah, it's like everything you need to know. He is like the the caring and keeping of you for like disillusioned 40-year-old white men. Even like his brand imagery with like the playing playing card motifs is very 
uh, pickup artist, magician, early yes. 2000s core. It's it's tipping the hat, calling tipping the, the top hat, and like it heavily stinks of Dracar Noir. Like that's what we're dealing with, allegedly. <laughs> I feel like he would um, do a live podcast in a casino. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. That sounds know. again. Right. Okay, I am muting myself again. I can't do this. No, <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, so I think this will kind of bring us into the second half, which is going to answer, going to go ahead and answer us the question of uh, how does this man make money since this program is free? Mm. I'd also like to point out on his website that he features heavily, he says this a lot, that he's been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine and Forbes, which this is something that I recently learned as someone who has started creating content for the internet, which as a pedestrian, people may not know that you can pay to be featured in these publications. Um, yeah, that makes me sense. who has. Yeah, you it's it's like not hard. Like the second it's I like got buying to like, ad space. Yeah, yeah. I get emails once a week about like. Do you want to write an article for Forbes? We can write you up. It'll cost you $500 or something, which like I I don't think I have anything to say to Forbes at this point. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when you see people being like, oh, I was featured by this notable publication, this notable publication, these publications need content. And when people are willing to talk to them and willing to pay for that page space, especially if it's online for those clicks, just because someone has reputable sources in their network does not make this person a reputable source it gives the same energy as like buying followers on instagram yep it's like okay yeah you have a hundred thousand followers but if sixty thousand of those are bought or are like paid for bots like does like that doesn't actually add any substance being featured in forbes does not mean that you were like on the cover it means that you had a blip or that you paid for a paragraph to go in there or you had an ad like that can mean anything Mm -hmm. so on top of the real af podcast which i feel like is how that's kind of anthony's like after dark show almost um he Mm. also has the mf ceo brand um which for him he says he is the motherfucking ceo um and he is the ceo do you want to guess of what carolyn okay no i actually do know this mostly because you spilled the beans in our conversation yesterday but (sighs) he's the ceo of a company called first form right he sure is is. that a supplement company it sure is okay okay it first form is a supplement company um, just from, I've got everything they've ever written pulled up here, but they do green powders, red powers. They do powders, excuse me. They do, um, nutrient packs. They do fat burning pills. They do pre-workouts and protein powders. Um, basically everything you quote unquote need, uh, they are they've reached a certain level of notoriety because of the this big social media umbrella 
platform that they have where they mm. uh, sponsor athletes. They have first form athletes and they are under Now, the- are these athletes, are they generally bodybuilders? Like, is that the sport that they're sponsoring or yes. are they like- They're like gym ath- people. Okay. They're like Gymshark style okay. athletes. Um, and they use the hashtag I am first form and they are sponsored by these supplements and they- promote these supplements to their audiences um mm-hmm. i'm not gonna pretend to be unbiased about this any longer let's get into what the fuck is up with first form um other than the fact that they were sued i think in the mid 2000s for some of their products containing lead um nice. <laughs> rock on um <laughs> this i will say i got a lot of this information from the first form snark reddit because again all of the reviews on the website, which are like, hey, click here, type a review, submit a review. It's not like featured reviews. Like this is mm. theoretically an unbiased sample. They're all positive. They're all five stars. Mm. No one has a single bad thing to say about first form. Um, mm. Their supplements are gendered, which is not uncommon, but kind of a, at least a pink flag for me, um, where mm. like women and men don't really need different protein powders. Um, yeah. You know, there's like women's fat loss and men's fat loss, which like if fat loss supplements weren't a complete scam to begin with, you'd also be like, why? It's it's bizarre. Um, Yeah. They have a roster of first form athletes who are very much like bodybuilding type athletes, whether they compete or not, most of whom have YouTube channels and their own fitness followings. Um, Mm. they include people like Emily Hayden, who has been extremely anti-mask and anti-vax and lost a lot of support that way. Um, Ian Smith, who refused to shut down his gym during the pandemic, who has also been affiliated with, uh, white supremacist and anti-Semitic groups. Um, Brittany Dawn, who's currently being sued by the state of Texas, uh, for, Mm -hmm. scamming a bunch of people and then also providing extremely poor fitness guidelines that they said you know were contributing majorly to uh people developing eating disorders um love it so this is kind of you know i almost said no judgment actually lots of judgment for those things Mm -hmm. um i don't know that you know being a first form athlete necessarily I don't think being a bad person is a prerequisite, but it seems like there's a lot of overlap in the Venn diagram, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, According to Reddit... It seems like there's some some questionable ethics amongst the people that tend to gravitate towards that brand um, in terms of, like, affiliation. That's a lovely way to put it. That's, yes. Very tactful, Carolyn. Good. Thank you. Good, good, good. (laughs) We don't want Anthony coming after us. um Anthony (laughs) it's really that's sparking joy for me at the moment so it's gonna stay um uh oh according to reddit and you know so grain of salt who knows basically it seems like they are after people who have the largest number of followers um that there is really no vetting system for their athletes other than like are you hot and do you have a lot of followers? Um, because more followers equals more eyes on the product equals more money for Anthony Frizella. 
Andy now, Brzezella. is First Form an MLM or is it just a supplement company with sponsored athletes? That's the second part of this campaign. I'm so excited. There is a reason that you we are co-hosts. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was not scripted, y'all. It really wasn't. Um, so, <laughs> so there is this sort of elite Avengers style gang of the First Form elite athletes. There is also a program called the legionnaires which sounds like the shriners or like the elks club or something like I just airline <laughs> you're so right you're so <laughs> that's next um that's what they promise you is if you sell enough uh tummy tees that you get your own private jet it's like the the mary Kay and cars. you can fly legionnaire <laughs> <laughs> so you can apply to be a legionnaire um i don't know the application, shall we go through the application? I think I have it pulled up here um, somewhere. Maybe just the highlights. Yeah, you can apply to be a legion. I think it's behind an email an email wall. And I didn't want them to um, mm-hmm. have that because I, I have already been getting so many, like I completely screwed up my YouTube algorithm and I've been getting like Gmail ads for Andy Frizzella ever since I started reading this stuff. I'm so, so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Basically, um, if you are accepted to this program, I'm trying to open up the application now. If you're accepted to this program, you purchase a starter set of supplements um, and you sell them to your followers. And in return, they give you social media coaching, perhaps some promotion via the first form channels. You also are the first to know about new products. You are the first to uh, get have tickets available to their summer smash, which basically seems like an MLM convention. Um, Again, these are not free tickets. This is stuff you're buying into. Um, You get the opportunity to purchase. Exactly, exactly. So the application, this is very telling. The application only asks for your email, your name, what you want your URL to be, your address. it says about you. There's a place for you to write. At op, sorry, occupation, and then um, your social media handles. So that kind of, I think, shows what is genuinely important to them. You know, mm-hmm. um, and they just talk about like, oh, you could make an extra thousand dollars a month. You have access to our premier product line. um, Does it say how much the buy-in is? Did you already say that? No, I'd have to give them my email. I really don't want to do that. Um, Payouts up to 25%. So you're making commission. (laughs) Um, So this is... uh, Oh, and then also, if you're in their inner circle, they'll get to know you better. And then there's a bigger chance that you could showcase who you are and potentially earn the right to become a first form elite athlete. They talk about um, their customer service team is NASM certified, which I'm like, why is your customer service NASM certified? Like, why is that important for customer service when clearly like qualifications are not important to you anywhere else? And also like, that's not enough. (laughs) A personal trainer certification. What does that have to do with selling supplements or like knowing about supplements? Like if they said all of our customer service um, employees have like nutrition degrees like I think that would be a little bit more applicable Carolyn 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 they're embodying the American spirit stop asking questions I know Um, I'm sorry I'm thinking too critically about this (laughs) 
yeah it's it's you're gonna give yourself a headache i think um so the main draw of the legionnaires program is that you might become a first form sponsored athlete that's Mm. They talk about so how... Ba- and so basically, you cannot become sponsored by them, or you're a lot less likely to become a sponsored athlete unless you already have invested a lot of time and money into the company and have already sold supplements for them. Correct. They talk about eight of their elite athletes started as legionnaires, and that's... I think there are about 20. I'm, I'm just scrolling, okay. so I'm not going to do the math here, but... Um, so that's a pretty good portion, you know, but that's also like, just because you become one doesn't mean that they're going to want, like how many legionnaires are there? You're just selling us. Yeah. That's confirmation bias. Right. Um, and then they talk about, you get early access to summer smash ticket access to exclusive legionnaire gear. So again, more things to buy ability to earn free products monthly. So that's not a given. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then early access to new products and flavors, more things for you to buy. Photo and video shoots with our world-class media team. I don't know what that means, but, um, you know, I wonder how that works if you live in, like, the middle of Nebraska, but it seems like mm-hmm. those photo shoots would be at these events you've already paid to attend. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right? Yeah. Let's see. Where do you want to... Where do you want to go from here? I could read you the... Um, sort of main uh core values of first form yeah why don't we do that and then I would love to know the um connection if there really is any between first form and the 75 hard challenge specifically Mm. there is none that I can find I can answer that right off the bat interesting I okay so the connecting factor is Andy Frazella Andy And I think that's kind of, you know, we can talk about the psychology of MLMs and how it kind of mirrors the psychology of cults. And it seems Mm -hmm. like the 75 hard casts a wide net at people who might be intimidated by this world of elite sponsored athletes and gym culture. Because, you know, Andy will say like, oh, for your workouts, like, it doesn't matter what you do. Like your workout could be a walk. Your workout could be go outside and do some jumping jacks and some push-ups and squats. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Your workout could be, you know, what you're normally training in the gym. Like take your training plan, take your diet, whatever that is for you and implement that. This is just the consistency element of it, which to a certain extent is why I went in being like, okay, maybe this dude has some ideas I might like because there is a lot of customization available within that plan I could see someone doing a very reasonable version of this plan and Mm. you know (laughs) so then I guess my other question is on his podcast does he advertise first form or plug the products at all no I think he he wears like their merch and I think that he probably mentions it, but it is not the thing he leads with. That is, it's my, my impression of it is that this is Andy's business and revenue generator. And there is probably a lot of overlap between people who get sucked into hardcore 75 harding and people mm-hmm. who are exposed to the 
I am first form content. Yeah. You know, I would guess that the audiences are the same, but that it probably, to a certain extent, lends credibility to both if they're not so intrinsically linked. But I do want to bring the conversation back away from Andy and bring it back to mm-hmm. the challenge because I, oh, but I think can I we say can one do... more thing about Andy oh, though? Can for I say sure. One more small thing Please about Andy. Do. Um, something that I find deeply entertaining is he also has a line of uh, children's books. Um, they're called Otis and Charlie's Hardworking Tales, and they're about I think it's like a dog and a child. I have to look it up. Sorry. Um, Are they books about child labor? <laughs> right? I mean, I look at this and it makes my skin crawl because I'm is like, this encouraging is very clearly propaganda. Jobs? <laughs> <laughs> he's, no, Carolyn, he's encouraging children to not be such weak fucking pussies. Um, they're two bulldogs, Otis and Charlie, and they have plushes. They have a whole line of merch. Um, but I look at this and I'm like, this is straight up propaganda. Like, Get them young and train them. Anyways, I thought you would find that deeply um, unsettling, but also interesting because. Yeah, he just like. just Like, obviously, like free speech. This man should be able to, you know, have a podcast about whatever he wants. And like, that's fine. Um, He can hold whatever I, I like beliefs and ideals that he wants. I just wonder if he is the right choice for someone who should be writing children's books. But the. The That's Frizzella neither here nor there. Is expansive. Yeah, let's just yeah. say that. Clearly. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a seventy-five hard theme park sometime in the next, <laughs> the next well, decade or if so. If he becomes president, who knows? Maybe we'll all have to do a seventy-five hard every year. Anthony, twenty twenty-four. It won't be. He'll be like abolish taxes. Everyone just do your seventy-five hard, and that's how you're paying your debt to society. <laughs> will... I say I'd probably rather do that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a yeah. joke. I'm a tax paying citizen. I believe in social taxes. programs and funding them. To be very clear, we pay our taxes. Uh, um, okay, we- my <laughs> my head is just spinning. I was not expecting to learn so much about this man. I didn't realize how much there was to uh, yeah to the Andy Frizzella verse. Um, but to bring yeah, it back, sorry, to the that's where I've been hard, living for the past week. No, I love it, and I feel like we will probably end up doing follow-up content on this because I I feel like we only scratched the surface. Um, And like, to be clear, I know we were being very judgmental and obviously like our own personal biases and beliefs are coming through. We are not claiming to be like impartial on this podcast. We are literally just giving our opinions. But um, despite our um, disagreements with Andy's, you know, worldview, I would like to bring it back to specifically the 75 hard. Um, cause I, I think yes. especially in the fitness world, there can be, you know, you, you can separate the art from the artist, like the person creating the program or the exercise that you decide to engage with doesn't necessarily have to share all of your beliefs. I don't think you necessarily need to think that a researcher is a good person to think that their research has value, you know, so on I think and if so we forth. want to combat the Andy Frizzella way of thinking, then we need to make room 
more room for nuance because that's yes. what we would ask of him. So, so what can we take from this? Yeah. So I, I just wanted to kind of, I know this is going to be another really long episode, um, but I did just want to talk about like the actual challenge itself, the um, the rules it entails and like what, what we think about the challenge. And if we think it is helpful, if we think it's harmful, if we think there's ways that you can do it that might be more beneficial um, and how like if this is something that you are getting like content about on your social media feeds, like what to kind of make of it. And if you are considering doing the challenge, like how might we suggest approaching it um, so that you have the best chance of it being an actual like positive, valuable influence in your life. Cause ultimately, you know, like the, the gossip, the psychoanalyzing, that is the fun stuff for us, but we also want to give practical information to you, the listener. So, um, I made a list of, um, kind of my like green flags and red flags and my sort of like takeaway opinions on the, on the challenge. Um, so again, Anthony aside, Andy aside, um, we're not talking about him anymore. We are just talking about this the is only funny hard. because we've been sitting here for two hours where we're like, hey, Anthony, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, OK, so to to go over what the rules of the challenge are again, remember, it's 75 mm-hmm. days um, every single day with no exceptions. And if you miss any of the five rules on any day, you start back from the beginning. So the rules are follow a diet, any diet, doesn't matter which one, Uh, work out two times a day for 45 minutes each and once must be outside, drink a gallon of water a day, read 10 pages, and um, take a progress picture every day. So um, first, let's start with the green flags. Um, So, oh, one of of the other details with the uh, diet portion is that it's any diet and no alcohol. Um, So no drinking during the entire 75 days. So under the green flags, I put that not drinking for, I think, most people taking a 75-day break from drinking alcohol will likely be uh, a positive thing to do. Um, Obviously, there are circumstances where not drinking is not a healthy choice or a positive choice. Someone in active alcohol addiction going cold turkey, it can be very dangerous. So if you are an alcoholic, um, I wouldn't suggest that. But um, if you're someone who is just a casual drinker, trying to go 75 days without drinking, I think probably would have positive health benefits considering alcohol is a literal poison to the human body. Um, So I think that could be considered a a green. Yeah, it could be considered a green flag for a lot of people. Another green flag. And I think too, just to add to the list, maybe you already have this, but I think because of that sort of customization ability um there are lots of disclaimers everywhere that are like please consult your physician before you attempt this so i yes. think so that i disclaimer I think also, is a small green flag yeah the the flexibility portion with that diet i think is good because i think it is acknowledging that everybody has different nutritional and dietary needs. You know, it's not prescribing a certain calorie count or um, eliminating particular foods. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I think for someone who does know their body well and understands their nutritional 
needs, I think that they can probably put together a list of like nutritional guidelines that work for them. Um, and if they're calling that their diet, I think that that could, could, that could go fine. Like someone could stick to a set of eating guidelines that are appropriate for them and their body for 75 days without, you know, deterring from it. And physically that could be a healthy choice. Um, we'll get to the mental portion. I was, I was kind of looking at that like, oh, how would I approach this if I were going to take this on? And I was like, oh, maybe I, I, I will never do this. So this is entirely theoretical, but like, oh, maybe I decide that I'm going to, you know, prepare every meal myself for 75 days and I'm not going to yeah. eat out or I'm going to make sure I sit down for three square meals a day. I'm going to get like a full breakfast in every day, like something like that. But I think that also requires a lot of kind of inner self knowledge that yeah the program is not encouraging you to seek out yes and I I think that following a diet even if they do seem like reasonable guidelines and it's not like a diet that like restricts how much you're eating or anything like that imposing rules on yourself in any way can still be like mentally and physically unhealthy for a lot of people. Like if you've ever dealt with like disordered eating um, or an eating disorder, like I wouldn't recommend trying to stick to any set of guidelines strictly. But then of course. Restriction is restriction is restriction, even if it's not actually taking anything away, but it's just backing you into a corner. But I must emphasize that this is not a health challenge. This is a mental toughness challenge. So in the end, the results that you get are not necessarily supposed to be about your health and well-being. It's supposed to be like, was I able to grit and balls my way through something really tough? Um, I just wanted to kind of point out like, could you expect any positive or negative outcomes besides the mental toughness, like just feeling accomplished Mm. for doing it aspect? Because in my mind, that's all mental toughness will really bring you is just like, yay, I did it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's like confidence. (laughs) Yeah, like just like you achieved something challenging and that can bring personal satisfaction to some people. I don't personally think that way. Do you get a gold sticker challenge? Yeah, I try to live the easiest life possible. In most situations, I don't like arbitrary challenges. So this is not something that I would ever choose to do. Um, But regardless, some people like a challenge for challenge's sake, and I respect that. Um, But yeah, so the whole like flexibility of the diet portion, I think is like that is a green flag that you are able to come up with what your own guidelines are for that so that you aren't, you know, plunging yourself into starvation mode um, after the first week um and then same thing with the workouts I like that it's not prescriptive of like you need to do a specific type of workout like if you went for a 45 minute walk in the morning and then did a 45 minute like yoga and stretch session at night like that's really gentle and reasonable for most people and that would count as a success in this so it doesn't say that you need to be doing like super hard workouts hit workouts crossfit like whatever it can be whatever is appropriate for you um and then also generally drinking water is good and reading is good (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) even from Andy there does seem to be some recognition of like you will need to scale this to your level like have you been working out before this are you currently doing a training program like not everyone's workouts are going to be the same and there is some I think it's cool that there's not cool honestly nothing's cool about this but I think it's valuable that there is acknowledgement there and it's not like 
you know, the bikini body guides where it's like, no, everyone just can jump all the time every day. Like, yeah, it's acknowledging individuality on. Yes. To a certain extent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So now the red flags. First of all, anything that has a no days off type of thing is a red flag to me. And again, I know that this is not a health challenge. This is not meant to make you healthy or make you stronger. Um, It is meant to challenge you mentally. And taking a no days off approach absolutely will do that. Um, But I don't think that that is a good thing for most people to do. um, Because I think that taking a no days off, no excuses approach is more likely to lead you to feel ashamed of yourself, bad about yourself. Um, For most people, I don't think that is a method that leads to success and is encouraging. I think for most people it is discouraging, but that fits into the whole point of the challenge because you're supposed to only be able to complete it if you are elite, just like you would only, um, just like you would only be able to, or only two to 5% of people are able to like lose weight and like sustain weight loss long term. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a certain like a a similar statistic that probably only two to five percent of the population is able to complete this challenge or like feels motivated by that type of pressure. So in that way, I guess you could classify that as elite if you are saying that being in that portion of the population is inherently better, um, which I do not believe that it is. So, you know. I would also like to obviously talk to people 75 days after they complete their 75 hard challenge and see what those past 75 days have been for them. Day, you know, 75 to 150. Mm -hmm. Because also he's, the whole thing is promoted as a one-time lifetime fix, right? You give up these 75 days that your brain is fixed for life. But also I think Andy Frazella does this every single year and there are guidelines for how you go back and do your second 75 hard and your third Mm -hmm. 75 hard which is an another just another sort of dissonant piece yeah it's just like it's just like any diet that it it is not designed to be sustainable it's meant to be like a quick fix in the moment and then eventually you'll have to go back to it if you want to experience the results long term because the results are not sustainable um and in this case even though it claims to be a mental toughness challenge where theoretically you should be able to just do it once to test whether or not you are mentally tough and then you can go on with your life with that information in reality most people approach it as a weight loss solution and so then when they eventually gain the weight back after those first 75 days are over, then they need to do it again in order to have that weight loss come back. So it, it, it's like in, and this is not, this is not just people misinterpreting the challenge. The website is littered with before and after pictures. Like you can say, Oh, it's about the mental gains all you want. And, but, and I think this is our big issue with before and after pictures in general, other than the fact that they inherently, you know, mostly say that like a smaller body is better, but like you can say whatever you want about it. You can say, oh, this is meant to show off my mental gains, but you're not. You're still putting two pictures of bodies next to each other and comparing them. You are body checking. (laughs) To me, if I were to create some sort of challenge that is meant to like, yeah, test mental toughness or whatever, instead of a progress picture, there would be a journaling portion where I would be writing about like, 
my feelings and like what how the day went but of course actually acknowledging how tough it is and acknowledging your feelings is not like a part of this like the whole point of mental toughness is to ignore your feelings so like in this context like his definition of mental toughness is like pretend like the obstacles don't exist you uh, exist in like an isolated vacuum and so it's all up to your inherent ability whether this is going to work or not Um, have you ever played hide and seek with a child and they stand in the middle of the room and they just cover their eyes and so they're like I'm hidden because I can't see anybody that's what this feels like yeah exactly um so yeah so then uh, obviously like the progress pictures are a huge red flag because like we have said multiple times what does a picture of your body have to do with mental toughness absolutely nothing this is just profiting off of diet culture and the like collective desire for like weight loss fixes like it's literally just another diet when it comes down to it um And another red flag is the same thing as the green flag of like the flexibility with the diet portion. The kind of like flip side to that is since there is absolutely no guidance to dictate what a healthy diet is, it means that you have total permission to plunge yourself into like the most disordered, restrictive um, like diet that exists. And so it, it is just enabling disordered eating essentially and a lot of people who engage with this challenge will probably end up exacerbating already existing disordered eating or experiencing disordered eating for the first time and I wouldn't be surprised if that does long-term harm to a certain percentage of the people that participate in this challenge because a lot of people's understanding of a healthy diet is eating as little as possible essentially. Um, I would guess that a lot of people pair this with a lovely sidecar of the most restrictive diet they can get their hands on. So even if it's not written into the challenge from Andy, you can't blame Andy, but like, yeah. So a lot of people are probably doing this with their extreme like calorie deficit diet or keto or raw vegan, like I saw on YouTube. Um, But anyway, um, first, okay. A gallon of water for what? That is more water. Most most people do not need a gallon of water. That comes from the bodybuilding world. That all that has to do with is aesthetics and like people drink a gallon of water because it like makes you lean short term. Like it, it doesn't actually like do anything for you in terms of hydration. I'm also wondering if there's something insidious in there. You know how people will do a water fast to be like yeah. super cut, like Hugh Jackman did that for Wolverine or whatever? Exactly. I wonder if it's like after drinking really elevated levels of water for that long, if when you end your 75 hard, if the body has any, like would that show? Would just on day 76 when you're maybe not as stressed about getting your gallon in so you're drinking a little less water would that like maybe I there be any tiny you know minor honestly I think what it is disordered brain would see I think what it is is that a gallon of water is too much more than is needed for most human bodies so it is physically Mm -hmm. uncomfortable to drink that much so it requires mental Mm. toughness to force yourself to drink that much water it is purely just like a like self-inflicted torture and discomfort in the name of saying i'm tough i did it 
You're just waterboarding yourself. Literally. I guess it's also kind of a fail safe for Andy where it's like the harder you make this, even if it, it has to sound reasonable, but yes. also be hard enough that most people will fail. Exactly. So that you can maintain that elitist, uh, like perception of like the people who are able to complete this are somehow better than other people. Um, And yeah. And then the last thing is just similar to the nutrition, like with no guidance about like what type of physical activity people should be doing, saying nothing about like um, unless you specically listen to his podcast, but in just like the guidelines Mm -hmm. that you see on social media, if I, he doesn't offer any, yeah, uh, it not any concrete advice in the podcast. You know, you shouldn't be doing two high intensity interval training workouts every day for 75 days in a row. Like no one should do that. Your body would break down. Um, but there is absolutely no guidance to that. So while on the one hand, someone who's very in tune with their body and their needs could take it in a positive direction and choose activities that are in line with like their like energy levels and stuff on the flip side, someone who is not as in tune with that, has a more disordered mindset around exercise, could then do something really harmful to their body and really over-exercise and potentially injure themselves. Um, So those are my green and red flags. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? I would also just add that time is a major barrier to even attempting this challenge. Like two 45-minute workouts, like an not only an hour and a half of exercise, but in two separate chunks where you need to like get ready, go to do it, complete it, then go back to your day. Like that is a huge barrier in and of itself. Yeah. I don't know anyone who has like an extra hour and a half a day lying around. Yeah, there's definitely an element of privilege to all of this that you need to have a lot of free time and free like brain space in order to accomplish this. But um, that doesn't matter to Andy because according to his perspective, based on what you've explained, Laura, um, you know, being low income, um, having a family to raise, those are just excuses. Those don't actually have any real impact on your life and if you think you do you are just imagining it and you are just listening to like the cucked liberal sheeple media um and yeah and um but obviously that is not true the circumstances of your life do have an impact on on you and what you are able to do, what you have access to, what you have the time for, what you have the money for. Like, I don't understand why that is so hard for some people to accept that like people's circumstances impact their lives, but whatever. Um, But yeah, being able to even participate in this challenge definitely requires a certain amount of privilege from that um, perspective. Also, I just want to point out since we are now talking about privilege um and you know kind of that that whole world um I did not see a single black person making content or honestly a person of color in any way I only saw white people making content about it now I'm sure that doesn't mean there aren't black people and people of color who you know are participating in this but they are not the ones that are going viral for it they're not the ones that are um 
like get like their content's not yeah and i i wouldn't be surprised if yeah they are not get like seeing content about it as much either um just because it just seems like a very this all seems like a very white person thing to do (laughs) to self-inflict discomfort and hardship in order to prove that you can get through it that sounds like something that someone who hasn't had a lot of hard things happen to them would do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. If yeah. if I were to really generalize, obviously that is not entirely true. And I'm sure the people who do participate in this challenge have had bad things happen to them in their life and have had hardships that they've had to overcome. It just. But diet it, culture is rooted <laughs> in white supremacy this is the and I feel like this is such a good link to where it's all about like you're going to be the best and you're going to be elite and you're going to be a a fast shiny superhero but you're also a rugged lumberjack because you built yourself up you became like all of that intersects with the healthism of thinking that your body is can be built into an elite machine and that the the mind can overcome the body because if you, you know, listen to your own needs, then you're a, a pussy. <laughs> like I yeah. think that it's it's all one thing. Even if like Yeah, it's it's all the same thing. I think that's completely fair. Yeah, it's it's all it's all coming from the same set of toxic beliefs about um like what makes a good person and in this case a good person or a person who is like worthy of like being respected or like recognized or having good things happen to them is defined as someone who is able to like just literally willpower and push their way through anything and work hard for the sake of working hard um and like forego like pleasure and self-inflict uh pain like it it's all it all feels very like toxic and I would not encourage someone to go down that path because I just it no it's a very extreme form of hustle culture and the grind set it's like such it's such a perfect (laughs) amalgamation yeah I think what we're trying to do here is we're, we're trying to like empathize with this perspective and understand why someone would like uh, why this would appeal to someone while also recognizing that like for the most part like having this type of perspective on life and like holding yourself to these types of standards it is very harmful like it, it really doesn't lead to like a happy fulfilling life it just leads to a lot more pain and suffering for the most part um, because you are bottling up your feelings. (laughs) You can understand why this is so appealing. Like there is a a period of years in my life where this would have, I would have eaten this shit up, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's the idea that your life could be totally different in two and a half months. If you can do these things that like to a casual observer based on the things we've aggressively normalized, don't seem that extreme. Like that is so appealing. And yeah, you know, we talked about you know privilege and and the time cost of this, but it's also a much lower barrier for entry than some other extreme regimens. You're not; it's free. You're not hiring a trainer. You don't have to eat True. a specific food. Um, it's it's really blank. You can really project a lot onto it. So 
I think Carolyn and I would both want to express that we feel a lot of empathy for anyone who's tried this, anyone who's tried this and failed, yeah. anyone who's tried and succeeded and it didn't give you what it promised. And if it did, then that's awesome. But for most people in uh, holding a practice of ignoring the needs of your own body and separating from the signals your body is sending you and your own needs and your own humanity, that's not going to set you up in a powerful position. That's not going to set you up to experience embodiment and to experience like alignment with your own goals and balance. It's extreme things like this are not bad because like, oh, it's a it's a cheat code and you found it. They're they're bad because the pendulum has to swing both ways. And ultimately, like a healthy, balanced life is pretty boring. It doesn't look that different two and a half months down the yeah. line. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the habits that sustain you have to be sustainable. And when something is built to only work in the short term, there will be you know, a pushback from your body and from your mind after you run out of that willpower. And Mm. then it's, are you strong enough to fight back against the pushback when you've already drained all your willpower? Yeah, It's not kicking off a good, it's not a jumpstart. It's the beginning of a very, very bad cycle. Yeah. And so I, I think the, the, thing that I want to emphasize the most about this challenge is that like if you're looking at this and it looks appealing to you because you're like wow these are all behaviors you know exercise eating healthy um like reading drinking water these are these are all behaviors that I consider to be health promoting and I know would be good for me if I implemented them more consistently in my life so you're looking at this challenge thinking maybe this would be a way for me to build some healthy habits I understand why you're thinking that because it's true. Habits are hard to form. Even if they are healthy habits that would add value to our lives, it can be challenging to implement them and it can take some willpower and some mental toughness to get over that initial hump. The difference is with the 75 hard, these are habits that aren't necessarily healthy habits that are worth maintaining. Working out two times a day, dieting, drinking a gallon of water. These are not things that you need to sustain. So you don't need to be doing them to the extreme in order to build those habits. So, uh, but I think that there can be some merit to participating in some kind of challenge where for a certain number of days, you are holding yourself to a higher standard to kind of get over that hump in order to build habits that would be healthy for you in the long term so that you can get past that mentally challenging portion to the point where it does just become routine and it becomes easier for you. So there is a version of the 75 hard that is not, um, this is not of Andy's making. This is some, I don't know who exactly came up with this, but there is a group of people who participate in something that they are calling the 75 soft. And to me, this looks a lot more reasonable. Now, this is, it does have a different purpose. It is not meant to be a mental toughness challenge. The point of it is not to force yourself to do something that is really difficult and uncomfortable just for the sake of the challenge. The point is 
habit building. The point is feeling like, you know, I'm feeling kind of in a rut. I feel like I need to kind of kickstart some healthy habits and a 75 day challenge feels like it would help me with that. So in the 75 soft, people basically just take a gentler approach. (laughs) Um, to all of the different things. Um, the reading 10 pages is still the same. Um, for the workouts, it, everybody does it a little bit differently. I like that you can kind of make your own rules. For a lot of people, it's um, workout once a day for 45 minutes with a planned rest day every week, which I love. I think that planning in a rest day as a part of the protocol so that you can actually let your body rest without feeling guilty about it is a stellar way to build consistency with fitness. I would even say building in two rest days could be appropriate based on where your current fitness level is at. Especially um, if you're just starting out, if you're starting on a new challenge, start, maybe out, four rest or, days. <laughs> four rest days or not putting a um, a time on how long your workouts need to be. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. work out for at least five minutes, you know, six days a week. Whatever feels reasonable and accomplishable for you. Um, for the diet portion, I've seen a lot of people stick with the no alcohol, sometimes no alcohol except for social occasions. And um, in terms of like the food food aspect of it. Um, people do all kinds of different things. Yeah. Like eat three meals a day, eat a fruit or vegetable at every meal. Um, you know, picking like one or two guidelines that you know would make a positive change in your eating habits that would be sustainable for 75 days, but nothing strict, nothing rigid, nothing that would be like mentally and emotionally unhealthy for you. Um, Mm. and then for the water, um, people kind of set their limit at what they feel like is an appropriate amount of water for them to drink. So not a gallon. I've seen people say like two liters or whatever it is. So it's basically taking the template of the 75 hard and making your own guidelines so that it is actually reasonable and health promoting in your life. And I actually think that this would be wonderful for a lot of people. Now, if you know about yourself that any kind of like guidelines or plan just automatically triggers that like obsessive and disordered part of your mind, then this type of thing just isn't for you. And that's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing elite or better about doing a health and fitness challenge or a mental toughness challenge. It doesn't make you a better person to participate in these things. But if you think that that kind of structure would be useful to you and help you build healthy habits that would add genuine positive value to your life, then I think taking a more gentle approach that allows for more flexibility and focuses on actual health promoting behaviors instead of behaviors that are purposefully meant to be challenging. Um, I think that would be lovely. So I think I am a a proponent of the 75 soft for people who think a little bit of structure and a little fun challenge like that would be useful to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely the type of person where like, I could do that for about five days and then I'd be like, well, I skipped day six. Now I have to do twice as much on days. Like I know that kind of yeah. thing wouldn't work for me, but I also know that's my brain. And I do think there's a lot of yeah. value there in just like, because it is an extended period of time that you can use it as like a shift in priorities. And you could be like, yes, okay, I'm going to make some time to move every day and whatever, you know, maybe the the thing that's up in the air is what that movement looks like and then afterwards I'm going to 
take a moment to check in with how I feel. And I'm going to do that consistently, which I've never done before. So there's information there. Like there are so many ways that you can take those principles and make them work for you, which I think is why people, you know, maybe that's why people are finding success with it. Maybe it's just introducing a new structure. But I just don't know how many people are finding success with it. So. Well, I mean, honestly, like from social media, like there are a lot of people who are completing it successfully. And a lot of people are reporting that they feel really, really good when they complete it. And I understand why they would. There is a little bit of a euphoric feeling that comes at the end of finishing something that is really unpleasant. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so I I get why it would feel good to get to the end of that. Um, but I also don't know if that type of feeling of success is necessarily like a healthy thing to chase for a lot of people it does feel Um, good to breathe again when you've been waterboarded for 75 days that does exactly exactly it feels good to be able to have a social life again when you haven't had time or uh, been allowed to go out to eat for a month and a half um but yeah so if I were to do this the 75 soft um two other things that I would explicitly make sure that I understood for myself is that if I ever, you know, missed one of the checkpoints on a day, you don't have to start over. You just Mm. keep going. It's just 75 days in a row of attempting these behaviors because there are going to be days where it is literally impossible. (laughs) It's just literally going to be impossible. And I think acknowledging that, or if you would have to live with an immense amount of privilege and free time in order for it to be possible. And you would have to also like not get COVID and you would have to like (laughs) not have like unexpected things come up in your life. So, um, yeah, so I, I would give myself the flexibility to just keep on going. If on day 12, I miss a checkpoint, well, day 13, I'm just going to try to not do that. Um, it's not starting again from day one. And I would also in a, add in a journaling component where mm. I am reflecting on the experience because it's not about just implementing the behaviors for the sake of it. It is about implementing behaviors that add value to my life. And so if I get a couple weeks in, a few days in, and I realize that something that I thought would be good for me actually isn't, I would want to be noticing that and documenting that so that I can shift what my expectations are. Cause I don't want to build a habit that ends up being bad for me. Um, and, and so Oof. having that reflection component, I feel like would be important to make sure that you're not just doing it for the sake of it and you're doing it for actual beneficial reasons. So actually tuning into how it feels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important too, because like, you know, these Pinterest graphics of like, here are healthy habits to do. Those ideas aren't going to be unilaterally healthy for everyone. So maybe you are the kind of person who thrives on some type of movement every single day, but drinking Mm -hmm. a gallon of having a water gold doesn't serve you. Or maybe like you figure out you really like journaling, but you need some rest days because you don't like to make time to go to the gym. Like there's, there's no one right way to do things because healthy looks different for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And in the confusing world of health and fitness and the way that things are marketed, like 
things that are very different from each other and are oftentimes like mutually exclusive end up getting in entwined together so you know we often talk about how things like beauty and health are often confused to be the same thing or like Mm. um and in this case it would be like mental toughness and like being a good person or mental toughness and health are kind of being weirdly conflated with one another and so I think it's just important to remember um to like look critically at like what you're actually asking yourself to do and think about like is that in line with what would actually be good for me and what I'm trying to get out of this because if you are trying to get health benefits out of it you, you want to make sure that that's actually a possibility. <laughs> if you're starting a new, a brand new habit and you can't sum it up in a sentence, then there's no way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. Do you have any like final thoughts? I don't think so. I think we've talked their ears off, but I'm excited to yeah hear the response. To I, think the last, I think <laughs> the last thing it. that I would say bringing bringing it back to our our friend Mr. Anthony for just another moment. I I think in in cause we've talked about a lot of a lot of things and we've speculated a lot of things about him, let's be real. Um it, to, to, if I were to form one actual critique of him that I stand by that isn't just making assumptions about what type of person he is based on the social media content he puts out. Yes. If I were to make an actual critique of of the work that he does is Mm -hmm. that he is operating from a extremely fat phobic shame-based perspective when it comes Mm -hmm. to self-care and self-development. And I, I think that is extremely damaging. And I think for some people it can seem to be helpful. It can kind of give the illusion of helping because it can act as a crutch and sort of a a coping mechanism also Um, almost in times of like distress and self-consciousness and crisis, but it is not a sustainable mind frame to have when you're trying to take good care of yourself and consuming content that is constantly like bashing you or bashing other people that live in bodies that you could one day have that is fat phobic and ableist and healthist. I, I don't, I don't think that operating from that mind frame and trying to, uh, practice self care from that set of beliefs is helpful to anyone. And so I would not encourage people to listen to his podcast for that reason alone, that, um, that it it is shame-based, it is mean, and it's not going to actually help you feel good about yourself or take good care of yourself. On a structural level, he's spewing really horrible, bigoted, hateful things. And on a personal level, I think it's Rachel Cargill says, to paraphrase her, you can't hate yourself into loving yourself. And we know that shame backfires. So don't, don't, you're worth more than that. Don't inject that into your life if (laughs) it's not already there. Mm -hmm. Listen to us instead. Yeah. You are awesome. Stream this (laughs) podcast, not Anthony. (laughs) All right. Well, let's leave it there. This was another Before we get a cease and desist. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, follow us, um, fit literate pod on mm-hmm. Instagram. You can also follow us individually, Carolyn Vig, Laura Gerard, uh, become a patron. If you want to support the show, 
um, or get your name shouted out on the podcast. And we'll rate be posting the podcast, some like, exclusive please. stuff there. If you're listening. Rate the podcast. Give a star rating on Spotify. A written review on um, the Apple podcast would be amazing. And if you have any um, like requests for future topics, we would love to hear that because we don't we don't have like the next 10 (laughs) podcasts planned out. Like we've got a list that we're working on, but we want to talk about what you want to hear about. So shoot us a DM, shoot us an email if there is something that you specifically want us to talk about. We love feedback. We're sluts for feedback I like to say so 100% (laughs) I know you said that in the mini so too (laughs) oops all right Uh. thanks for listening everyone um and don't do a 75 hard no bye